You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Coming to you from beautiful East Tennessee and broadcasting from BRV Studios, this is the Big Red Van with Wade, Hayden, and Malcolm. As usual, we start the show with Have You Heard, the segment where we explore recent news, current events, and a lot of other topics you've probably never heard of. For instance, did you know Hitler wore granny panties? How about the Amazon Kohl's partnership that totally changes the game? Or that Gatorade really, really hurt water's feelings? All that and a whole lot more. Welcome to the Big Red Man. So 22.1, we have... Just another one. Just just one more. <laughs> just one more. We're ready oh, is that our last one? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 Good. No. Just just another one this week. Good. Then another one next week, and the, the next week, and the next week. But we're ready to get in. This is going to be fun. We both have, looks like, lots of notes, like multiple pages each. <laughs> so this is going to be a fun one. We They keep getting better. I feel like we keep trying harder and harder to shock each other, keep each other's notes away from one another, so it's more Yeah, I don't want you to read what I've so, got to say. <laughs> here we go. Everybody, have you heard? In an effort to both modernize cassette tape technology and pay homage to the classic American road trip, the world's most innovative fried chicken company, KFC, announced its latest breakthrough, the world's first ever GPS cassette tape. I thought you were going to say something about a chicken playing cassette tapes. <laughs> <laughs> genetically engineered. A genetically engineered chicken with no feet or wings. But it can play your old... Yes. <laughs> so cassettes. Tell, tell us how this works. Uh, so it it's a... It's a digital device that's shaped like a cassette tape and supposedly it's going to be playable in any normal cassette player yeah because those exist these days i know i don't i don't i don't really know <laughs> like the doritos bag with the cassette oh, yeah. tape and then this what the hell it's weird what do they know that we don't okay so this is it's a one trip only gps like as in it only takes you in one on one journey you know, at, as in, okay, it takes you on a journey beginning in KFC's hometown in Louisville, Kentucky. Is that how you Louisville, pronounce it? Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Oh, okay. all right. There we go. Pardon me. Louisville. The S just came out, man. Mm-hmm. And ending at KFC's iconic restaurant in Marietta, Georgia. Their big one. Okay. I it, didn't know there was an iconic one in Marietta. That's Marietta is a is a place, man. Yeah. Oh, dude, for the sure. Marietta Diner. I don't know if you ever heard of that place. Never heard. Oh of it. my god. Not allowed. Not allowed. <laughs> No, this place is awesome, though. It's been there since, like, the 70s, and they're a 24-hour joint, and they've only been closed twice since they opened in the 70s. Both of them because the building caught on fire, and they had to shut down because Mm. of fixing some stuff. What's their specialty? Everything. It's like they have everything you Mm, could ever possibly want, as well as a full bakery with every kind of dessert you could ever possibly want. Well, Atlanta is big for chicken that's exactly oh, the yeah. atlanta area is big for churches you can chicken get and, I mean, you can get italian food of. and then you can get chicken and waffles right like it it's one of those places that has literally everything on the menu hmm. and they're so do and and everything they have is like phenomenal so that's the that's just amazing so it's taking you to that area yeah sorry i got from off a tangent Lu- on louisville to marietta on marietta diner but um yeah it takes you down it narrates your drive as you go so of course by gps by gps so like it'll and it takes you only on the old school path 
that Colonel Sanders used to go. So he, back roads. Yeah. The whole way. Back roads the whole way. Uh-uh. Colonel oh, Sanders. Man. You're wrong. Uh, the, the, <laughs> it's a very meandering drive. It makes pit stops at unique cultural experiences that, you know, Colonel Sanders stop and made different things at hmm. um, throughout Kentucky, Tennessee, and Georgia. And, of course, it makes you stop in Corbin, Kentucky, where Colonel Sanders is from, where he made the original recipe. The uh, secret recipe. The 13 herbs and spices. Right. Mama was wrong. <laughs> Mama was wrong. <laughs> I literally, dude, I watched The Waterboy the other day. Every time you make a damn movie quote, I've literally just watched that. I feel like I've just watched the movie days ago. Yep. I it's, literally just watched Waterboy f- less than five days ago. We're we're podcast connected. No man, there's something weird. <laughs> so it, when it when you use it, it works off normal cassette deck controls, so the driver can pause the tape, and that pauses the GPS, so that it'll turn it off. But whenever it is playing, it is constantly running and telling you what turns to make on make, of course, along the route. It also suggests pit stops along the way, but <laughs> it's also, of course, the voice is the new colonel sanders yes you know that all the com- when all the commercials rob that, riggle that well, one he was in just one that was weird oh, that changing was, it now. Yeah. yeah i wish it was rob riggle it was damn uh what's his name the guy that used to do a weekend update on snl norm mcdonald norm mcdonald yeah oh, okay I, that's that'll like, suffice he was on there once in one of those commercials it was ridiculous but just that creepy new colonel sanders character they've got going on mm-hmm. is the voice it's finger looking good yeah yeah <laughs> Finger licking, finger licking, finger licking. <laughs> There's a five dollar box. Here's a five dollar box. Here's a five dollar box. Finger like licking, finger. I like it when he's painted gold. Um, it also plays funny songs along the way to narrate the music, or like with like narrative music for where you are. I wonder mm. if it does it say anything in there about having like little known facts about the small towns you drive. Through? Oh, I'm sure that's what it probably has in it, but I don't. I don't know that specifically. Five chickens were born here. Right. In the year 1978. But the nerdist nerdist in me would be interested in that part of it just as much as the music or whatever. Right. And to your point at the beginning, like, how many people have a tape deck in their car? (laughs) Right. Is what I want to know. Like, (laughs) the average car on the road, I think, right now is is eight years old. So what year is it right now? 2009? Where are you going to get a tape player, a tape deck, a cassette player that has... GPS capabilities. No, no, no. It, the tape player is just a tape player. The it's cassette, like a read-along. The cassette is is a digital device. It's not actually got <laughs> ribbon in it, but it has a sensor that simulates ribbon. I was zoned to out the, for that part. To the okay. car, okay? Mm. So, therefore, it's the car's cassette deck is reading this device, but it's not actually running ribbon across it. It's like making a digital signal onto the little receiver. What? Okay. Well, that's good. So yeah. I'll get tangled. And I'm assuming it doesn't need batteries, because I, I feel like what's going on is because the tape deck is spinning, there's probably like a charger built into the device. Like a gyro. Right. Yeah. So the tape deck's powering it. It's definitely it. a gyro. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> But it's just hilarious, though. What's, what's, what are they doing? I, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to spearhead tape decks being put back into cars. I, th- I don't know. Because how the hell are you supposed to listen to this damn thing? You can't buy nothing on a cassette tape. You so. got to buy that Doritos bag you gotta, and then play it in that. You got to find yeah. them at the flea market. Yeah. So. That's great. Everybody, have you heard? About these researchers who got some inspiration by looking at and dealing with beetles. You ever heard of click beetles? Click beetles? Yeah, click beetles. Refresh me. Hmm. Okay, so click beetles are the ones that uh, you knock them on their back, and then they can pop up in the air and land on their feet. Oh, okay. And they make that clicking sound. It's like 
they explode back yeah, under their they feet. they basically just pop literally like those little half ball, rubber ball things that you can buy. And it's like a concave ball. Mm. You push it in and it can jump really high up in the air. Yeah. Same kind mm. of science behind that of how it pops itself in the air, just flips over and lands on its feet. So scientists, a lot, they get this, they call it bio-inspiration. It's when biological evolution inspires technological innovation. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a term that anybody that has seen advancements in technology that mimic nature. That's what bio-inspiration is. Mm-hmm. Whether it be airplanes being shaped like a bird or yep. different things like that. Or a bat wings for the French. Correct. I thought you were going to say an airplane flapping its wings. Oh yeah, because that happens. You know. Yeah, it happens. It I've does. seen one. Yeah, Fly Emirates. Yeah. <laughs> so Trust anyway, me. we know that robots... It's something that scares the shit out of me, but robots are growing in use all over the industrial world, and scientists have long had the problem of figuring out how to fix the problem of a robot that falls over. Mm -hmm. So enter the click beetle. Click beetles have a hinge on their back that allows them, while lying on their back, and their feet feet are wiggling in the air, they have this hinge in their back that allows them to bend their head backwards against the ground, and then they release the pressurized hinge like a, you know, like a click, popping it into the air. Okay. Like I was, you know, illustrating with that ball. Considering that robots, what they're already capable of, uh, as soon as they get this figured out, like they call it the self-writing robot. Um, and then along with this research that I saw with this or associated articles or things, videos, was this video of three robots that uh, planned out the development and then built a house. <laughs> is this... Bo- what? Who's the... Did you have... Did you write down the electronics company that's... Is this Boston Robotics? No. But I didn't see Boston Robotics. Oh, okay. You said the robots planned out building a house? Correct. Like what? the like architecture dis- of it, the design. Drew up the design. The, there's no way. <laughs> the extreme makeover, robot edition. Correct. And I think this room needs crown molding. <laughs> <laughs> Marble countertops. <laughs> so robots scare the crap out of me, y'all. And if I can't kick one over and worry about it being done... He's going to pop his ass up in the air and come chase me. <laughs> Let's get Wade. It's the last thing that I need. Everybody, have you heard? So we talked to hockey a long time ago during the playoffs, and I'm bringing up hockey again because it's almost back, actually. But Detroit Red Wings have a new stadium that's coming out, um, but their old stadium called the Joe decided that they're going to start selling vials of what they call melted ice for 85 bucks so they're selling 3,000 of them and it's for some charity that's in detroit but you can buy yourself an 85 dollar small vial of melted ice or what so someone what else would call water a, a, water a vial of tap water that they sprayed <laughs> on the ice to yes. re to, to redo the surface yeah and there, but the there's Zamboni. only 3,000 of them so you got to get them while you can so you're <laughs> paying money for a couple of droplets of water yeah. and a certificate yeah, of authenticity are. for mm-hmm. that water. Wow. Came out of our water hose. I mean, it'd, it'd be really worse if it was from... the Flint Red Wings, but it's Detroit Red Wings. So it might be good. They have to put a warning label on it that it might it's be toxic. Good. <laughs> They'll be able to sell them in Detroit. That's oh, a good yeah. point. Exactly. That's a good point. Just are they struggling away. that much for money? I don't know. What the hell? I thought it'd be a fun giveaway, though. Gosh, all you like, fans of Detroit Red Wings, they are just trying to reach into your pockets. That is pathetic. For sure. Everybody, have you heard... That a pair of Adolf Hitler's underpants was sold for 5,000 pounds at an auction inside the United States. Mm. Charlottesville? (laughs) (laughs) 
No. There's actually some details about it. it's not a white supremacist. but So the surprisingly large... Oh, it's, a, it's an underwear collector? Because they're out there. The, the surprisingly large drawers, which have a 39-inch waist... 39-inch. Initial, initialed A-H... He really initialed his yeah. <laughs> he had his un- he had his initials in there. They were left behind in a suite at the luxury park hotel Graz in Austria after the dictator stayed there in April of 1938. So they were left in his room after he left. The country had been annexed by Nazi Germany less than a month earlier, but auctioneer Bill I'm going to ruin this name Panag- Panagopoulos. Oh, I think he did pretty good said he believed the underwear would have been sent to the hotel's laundry department, then returned after Hitler and his entourage had checked out. However, it never made it back to him. So, the seller was the grandson of the hotel's owner at the time. So, this was like a family heirloom, basically. Like, Hitler left his underwear behind. Hmm. It was all packaged back up in a box to be sent back to him, but it never left, and they just held on to it. Weird, Hmm. but... Interesting. Mr. Panagopoulos, who owns the Alexander Historical Auctions in Chesapeake City, Maryland, where the 19-inch-long white linen shorts sold for $6,737, or 5,000 pounds, to a private buyer, and they said they were in pristine condition at the time. (laughs) He added, People tend to either buy fearsome Hitler memorabilia or things that make him look like a buffoon, such as this, like his giant 39-inch underwear with his initials in them. So how are they authenticated? AH. Makes sense. Yeah, the AH, because, you know, there's no other AHs <laughs> it, I, I think it just goes off of the word of the people that claimed them at the hotel. Like I said, the, the same family. So that's where I have a question. Because I wanted you to get through it first. Because I have a question. Okay? <laughs> okay. If I remember Hitler correctly, he was a very paranoid person, right? Mm-hmm. So what makes me think that he's going to give the hotel clerk his underwear? No, like they were like left in his sheets or something. They were just in his room when he checked out and got left behind. You know how people tend leave things behind sometimes. That's what happened. And then the house cleaner came in, found him, sent him to the laundry, like okay. I said, and then they're, generally when that happens, they said, they send the item back to the customer that checked out, like they mail it to them. Okay. But they never mailed it to I, Well, I mean, yeah, I understand why Hitler wouldn't accept a package from anybody. <laughs> you know? But my, I guess my second question would be, 39-inch waist? Well, so apparently Hitler liked to wear his clothes very loose, very Trump-like. Your underwear? All of it. It actually had two loops on the outside, like the left side and the right side, where they hooked to his pants so that they wouldn't fall down. His underwear. His underwear. Wow. I know, right? He's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, he's a big-time weirdo. Just walking around in grandpa drawers all day. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Just sagging. One thing that they pointed out was it's kind of as close as... You said 19-inch long 19 inches long, so super long. I guess that's top to bottom, not inseam. Right. But still long. Fuck yeah, it is. You know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we sell 9-inch underwear that comes down to your damn knees. But it's it's only that long, so you get the whole text on the back that says, I love Nazi Germany. (laughs) Right. So it it was listed at the auction as a monogram... This is in quotes. This is what exactly it said on the description. A monogrammed pair of Adolf Hitler's striped white linen undershorts... The shorts are surprisingly large, 19 inches long, and a waist of about 39 inches, end quotes. That was the description of the item at auction. And it came with a letter of authenticity from, I guess, the kid's grandfather, or the dude's grandfather, that whenever he claimed it back the in the day. The that worked at the hotel. Correct. And it still is in the box, like it came from the cleaners. 
Hmm. Huh. Like I said, whenever they just never sent it to him. They kept it. They were just dirty hotel people that steal think people's things <laughs> all over the place. And they're like, "Oh snap! Adolf Hitler left a, his underwear. We're keeping, eight. We're keeping these. Yeah, we're selling that." Everybody, have you heard? But Amazon went and did it again. Oh, what'd they do? All right, so let's go back a couple months. Talk about our. Think about our Omni episode. Okay, you remember okay. our talk about that? We talked about online sales, mm-hmm. and, and then at the very end of that, we talked about the returns part of online shopping. Mm-hmm. That was like our take-at-home point about how inconvenient the return side of all of it was. Yeah. Well, here we go with Kohl's and Amazon have partnered to take eligible Amazon returns in 82 of the Kohl's locations across Los Angeles and Chicago. You can take Amazon returns in a Kohl's store in L.A. and Chicago. They will pack it up and ship it back to Amazon for you for free. You said eligible returnable items, as in they won't take any return or just any return that is I thought that was returnable. the buzzword in that sentence also. There was no expansion on it. It hmm. said eligible, maybe meaning items that Amazon will take for return. I imagine there's some items you buy from Amazon that you can't return. Right. Because so Amazon has a return policy. I like, imagine that's what they meant. You meet Amazon's return policy, then you can return it at these Kohl's locations. God. So it'd be just a punch, man. Sucks, but <laughs> so, somebody, if you're gonna, Jared is actually such a good contributor to this show. He shared this with me and then sent it to me with a text message that said, "If you're thinking of doing something, do it now because Amazon's gonna do it in a year or less." <laughs> yeah, you when can't you started on... when you started off this HYH, I was about to say. Well, who'd they buy this week? Yeah. Mm. I mean... It turns out it was Kohl's. They bought they bought Kohl's. Yeah. They bought a spot in Kohl's stores anyways. Who knows what the give and take is behind the scenes for the two of them. But one of the uh, chief executive officers or executives with the company, CEO is not his title, but he's an executive with Kohl's, said the power of the Kohl's store portfolio and our omni-channel capabilities combined with the power of Amazon's reach and their loyal customer base is going to be unmatched. Yeah, yeah, it will be. I, I think it's it's crazy that they're only releasing it in their 82 of their locations across LA and Chicago. But Coles will even put check this out. They're going to put in closer to the door designate quote unquote designated Amazon returner parking spots in oh, the parking lots, like takeout order spots to make it psych. You know, this is psychologically making it more effortless. It's not really making it more effortless. But they've got real geniuses that work in Amazon. And the mm-hmm. people that work out all the kinks of what they do, there's no announcement from either one of them on whether it's going to go nationwide. But, I mean, you know how that goes. <laughs> well, think about the business deal of what that is. So, Kohl's, now they're going to get Amazon traffic in their building. And they carry Kohl's product on Amazon. Mm-hmm. They do already? Mm-hmm. Or they have? They do. They do now. Correct. So, yeah. That's like a win. It's, tra- a, it's a win-win. Them, yeah. Like. Coles gets the whatever percentage higher in traffic because of how many people walk in their door from to make a Best Buy re- or a Best Buy an Amazon return, and then who's to say they don't just keep walking and go buy themselves a sweater? Right, but the more that Amazon partners with people like Coles, and it's an already established building, that but they the didn't more have. that they partner with them, the less of a chance anybody else has because Amazon is going to end up basically selling stuff to themselves. 
in an, in a way because if mm. people come in and they buy something from Kohl's, they're buying it from Amazon, mm-hmm. and then they're returning it to Amazon. They're returning it to Kohl's, and the more that Amazon does that with all these different places, it's kind of interesting. I had a really good conversation with my dad a, a month or so ago about how this same exact thing is kind of happening in the auto parts industry. There's a guy out there named Carl Icahn. He's an older billionaire. The guy just recently bought Pet Boys. And he's going around and he's buying up all of these smaller auto parts stores. Then he is one of the first big-time retailers. He has over 1,000 stores nationwide. And he's one of the first big-time retailers to allow Amazon to sell his parts. So he has Hmm. distribution centers and he owns Pet Boys. So he's basically selling his parts from his distribution centers to his Pet Boys and to his customers on Amazon. So he's selling his stuff to himself. And it's basically brilliant and partnered with Hmm. Amazon. So Amazon's going to be doing this with a bunch of different places. And here they go. They're in the retail Kohl's world now. They're in the supermarket world with Whole Foods now. They're in the auto parts world with Carl Icahn and Pet Boys now. Just wait until they are building neighborhoods, y'all. I promise stop, you. Stop. You can't say anything else. You got to keep your ideas off the mic now because I swear they listen. They will be building neighborhoods within the next five years. But everybody have you heard. All right. So I got a story coming all the way from Mother Russia. Their names are Natalia and Dimitri. Mm, and this really? is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they they got... seem like pretty nice people living in a hostel when some of their neighbors noticed that some suspicious smell was coming out of their hostel Uh and could not understand what it was. Um, One of the workers actually would go into their room to check on them and all they would hear is a bunch of yelling and screaming and they had heard rumors about how Natalia was really aggressive with people so he just kept running out of the room. Till one day someone finds in a bucket and a bag some human body parts. Uh oh. That's right. Natalia and Dimitri are cannibals. Uh oh. Oh my word. And it said they had killed and eaten at least 30 people. <gasps> at least. They... This was in Russia? Yeah. They also found 19 different parts of human skin. There was pictures that they found of evidence that the family, Natalia and Dimitri, had taken someone's head and put it on a platter and put oranges around it. There's a picture of it. The article d- that I was looking at didn't have it on there. Because it's too gruesome, but it's a head surrounded by oranges. They have a couple. So, so they were they had to put um, a garnish on the plate. Oh yeah, garnish. Yeah. Yes, it was definitely like a <laughs> exactly. like a sprig of parsley. Exactly. And some oranges oh, and a severed and a severed head. You know, thirty people. There's a couple other pictures of the two of them eating and you seeing parts of the body coming out of their mouth and whatnot. Like so they've documented themselves so, eating it? Yeah. Eating people? Like yeah. there's pictures of them yeah. doing so, it? So, so this is the beauty of HYH. Okay. <laughs> oh. What did you say their names were? Natalia and Dimitri. Natalia and Dimitri. I know, I know Natalia and Dimitri as 35-year-old man and his wife, Russian couple arrested for up to as many al- as 30 alleged murders, dating back to 1999. <laughs> yeah, no way. <laughs> this is the beauty of us not sharing notes, <laughs> because I looked up the exact same article. No way. So check this shit out. This was found, you didn't say this, I don't, I don't know if you read this or not, but this was found when a cell phone was found in the street. Oh yeah, I did read that part. I didn't ago. say it on on here. So, 
They found dude's cell phone in the street of whatever province mm-hmm. in Russia, and it had selfies of him like posing with eating these eggs. people. <laughs> like, yes. so like who so- take. Who's he sharing these pictures with? No, they were just on it. I on don't his know phone. if he know, was sharing but, like, them, but there were selfies on his phone. Does he, does he have like a, a Finsta? Like an Instagram or something? <laughs> Probably. He got a Finsta it's like that's a, full of heads? A Russian Finsta full of yes. dismembered female victims. It's oh. terrible. At first, when he was arrested, he denied killing her. He said that he found the remains in the bag that Malcolm said, <laughs> and he took a selfie with him before he lost his phone. And it was just him that found some body parts and thought, I'd take some funny pictures with him. And then he lost his phone. Mm. Almost at that exact same time <laughs> when he's saying that to the cop, they turn around and one of them comes out of the back room and is like, hey, we found this. <laughs> the glass jar with the canned hand yeah. that he mentioned. Oh. So These the investigation people. is like fully underway. Details have to be hushed. Like other details have to be hush, hush, hush. This is the stuff that's come out up to this point. But the article that I read talked about a slightly bigger thing that talked about serial killers being a bigger problem in Russia now than what they thought. This is the second arrest in the last like two, three. That's weeks. not a serial killer. That's just that's a whole different serial thing. killer cannibal couple. The they whole were thirty-five thing. years old. Okay, my age, and had been doing this since nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah. Since That's they were in high years. school, they'd been wow. doing this. Be oh. honest, Wade. How many people have you eaten? Easy. Easy. <laughs> but recent arrests of these two people, of this couple, and then one other guy, have been able to account for over 60 cold case murders in Russia dating back over 20 years. So many of these deaths were never, ever thought to be linked in any way. And then after these two recent arrests of two very successful serial killers many many russians are drinking a lot more vodka (laughs) everybody have you heard a woman walks into a longhorn steakhouse in spotsylvania virginia and gets bitten by a copperhead snake hey Right, Yikes. right at the front door. So Rachel Myrick's first thought as she walked through the entrance to the Longhorn Steakhouse, she felt a sharp pain in her left foot and thought she'd been stung by a bee or a hornet. Uh, she tried to brush it off. She kept going. Uh, she felt that such an excruciating pain as she as she stood there that she dropped her cell phone and her wallet and her 13 year old son Dylan's hand. Like, or I'm sorry, she dropped it. He caught it. Like she was just freaking out. But she had her fingers underneath her foot trying to figure out what was going on in the bottom of her foot, and she felt something move. And she'd been bitten twice on her toes, once on the side of her foot, and roughly an eight-inch long copperhead came shooting out from underneath her foot after she reached down trying to figure out what was going on under her foot. Mm. Guy. So, so like a baby one. A baby one, which is all the more reason why it was easily inside the restaurant, because right. it was very, very small. But it was, like, attached to her sandal at the time when she was feeling for it. Like, it oh, had like bit, stuck in her yeah, toes? it was, like, bitten <clears throat> on, stuck to her sandal. Um, but it, she freaked out and starts screaming, I got bit, I got bit. And nobody realized what she's meaning when she says she got bit. And then, so, the dude with her, his name's Clem, uh, he looked around trying to find a bee, like, literally, like, buzzing around the restaurant. And then he looks down and sees a snake slithering across the floor. So he crushes it. Of course. Clem, <laughs> a guy named Clem. Yeah. Clem, and this is what Clem says. Get him, Clem. I've bred and raised reptiles for 15 years. Of course. I'm doing the voice. Yep. Uh, so he's he's worked with reptiles for 15 years. There was no question what it was. <laughs> it was a copperhead. No question. Get him, Clem. <laughs> so uh, 
he wouldn't let anybody touch the snake. He was telling everybody to keep away from it. But uh, they eventually get her to the hospital. Anti-venom. She's on about a three-month recuperation. But you know what shocked me about this whole story? What shocked you? That lady didn't sue him. The restaurant? Yeah. She this, just ha- was- this happened in America? You said Spotsylvania? Yeah, Virginia. But like that is that is kind of surprising that she hasn't gotten. You I mean, know, of course, contacted by some greedy ass lawyer. Right. Of course, says, don't you want to sue them? Like this is this is the quote from the company Longhorn. They said this was a highly unusual incident, and we are working with our facilities team to see how this may have occurred, and we are taking steps to prevent it from happening again. We will never open the door ever again. <laughs> hey Dale, where's that snake we were gonna cook? <laughs> Dale. Dale. No, okay, so... Dale, it's under that table right there! (laughs) So, they even were so chill about this whole situation that Clem and his girlfriend, the the lady that got bit, (laughs) they were like, you know, the rest of y'all, just... just," Because they were in a group of people, like, y'all, just go ahead and eat. We'll go. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And that's what they did. Like, they're... Like, now, granted, a a copperhead is not the most dangerous snake to get bitten by. Like, as far as a spectrum of snakes that if you had to get bitten by... Poisonous snake. Copperhead's one of the better ones to get. Y'all go by. ahead and eat. I gotta take her to the hospital before she passes out and dies. You know, she's gonna have foaming at the mouth in less than five minutes. So we foaming need out. we need to go. But y'all enjoy your pie. Um, but so the manager of the restaurant, his name was Kevin. So Clem and Kevin were li- literally just chilling and talking about the situation when they're like the paramedics were coming and all that. It's probably the most popular person in town right now. I know, I know right? Clem. But they both came to the conclusion that the snake was probably out of the pond that was just down the hill from the restaurant. Like, this was just like their conversation of like, yep, it probably came out the pond down there <laughs> yep. at the bottom of the hill. Got hooked to your little sandal thingy there and just went, went to town <laughs> your on your thingy. toes. <laughs> He's just a baby, honey. Quit your bitching. <laughs> but, so, according to... <laughs> Pest control people and basically the internet. There's not a whole lot you can do to keep copperheads out of your house, other than like some irritant on the ground. Um, right. So anti-snake shit that you can buy. Yeah. So they've got that out there now. Get you a cat. Hopefully, there's no now. But of course, imagine working in this restaurant. Imagine reaching into the bin to get silverware. Fuck that. You know, or wiping your hand behind that armrest to clean the wall or something like mm. that. Have you ever been to Longhorn and been bitten by a snake? You may have a claim. <laughs> Everybody, have you heard? All right, I want to take a throwback all the way to episode one. Uno of BRV. So back when we were on our entry-level microphone and our entry-level ideas for the show, our very first three-top. Okay, do you guys remember what my topic was for our very first three-top? Oh, damn it. Man, what a quiz. Uh. Oh, man. Here's your BRV trivia. Yeah, it is. What was it? Just quit, making us look, quit making us look yeah. like fools. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask more questions like this in our next segment. Yeah, you really should. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, Eagle Boy. Oh, oh, that was the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah You guys yeah. remember Eagle Boy now? Yeah, of course we do. I had to rappel down the mountain, mm-hmm. capture and train the eagle. Oh, I think I know where you're going. Tell me you saw the pictures of that full-grown, raptor-looking Kazakhstani eagle attacking that paparazzi guy. No, that's what? totally not what I thought. Oh, you no, didn't I didn't know. I was, was going to say Reddit. you were looking on Netflix because there's a documentary about what you're talking about with a, a dude and his daughter. Really? Yeah, you need to watch it. Oh, I man. didn't watch it yet, but I, it was in my like the recently added and like you might like this. I believe it, dude. It's yeah. a fascinating Eagle thing. Eagle girl. 
There's an eagle girl? No, that's not, what it's, that's not what it's called, but it's... I believe there's many eagle girls and eagle boy. I mean, that's crazy. And when I saw this full-grown eagle attack this, cam- this like, wildlife cameraman... Oh, no. ...is, like, just posted up on the ground in the snow, and then out of nowhere comes this <laughs> eagle, and just the pictures <laughs> that you see of it, it has a wingspan of at least seven to eight feet. That's... And if, if this guy's not wearing, like, some kind of protective vest... Then uh, the the eagle is clearly trying to grab him and take him away. <laughs> it's clear that perfect. If if he would have went for the throat, the t- the claws and the talons on this thing were insane. Well, he was probably wearing like snow gear, right? If he was laying in the snow, so at least he had a probably good layer of clothes on. He did. You see him, and I mean, obviously he's got like denim on, a pair of jeans, and then a jacket, and it looked like didn't look like a special protective, you know, eagle repelling jacket, but. <laughs> eagle repelling it was definitely the same type of eagle and the associated articles are like exact right over to eagle boys tribe it will take you to pictures of that's awesome eagle boys grandfather with his eagle on his shoulder oh man so it was kind of curious whether this guy was trying to take pictures of the tribe and they sicked their eagle on this guy Oh, or if the eagle decided to do it on its own, because you know how once they That's train badass. these, once they train these eagles, they will do anything and attack anything they tell them to attack. It's not just there's a running fox. Like they, once they get them perfectly trained, they will sit and just wait until you say whatever. Oh man, Sick that probably boy. did <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yes, that. So now. Go back and imagine an 11-year-old boy. See these pictures of this full-grown man dealing with this eagle? And then go imagine an 11-year-old boy on the side of a mountain. Fighting mama eagle. Fighting one off with one arm while he's stealing her babies out of the nest. <laughs> man. Badasses. Everybody, have you heard? Okay, so Levi and Google decide to team up. Did you hear about this? Uh, like Levi jeans? Yeah, Levi okay, jeans. Okay, okay. No. Coming out with a smart jacket. What? <clears throat> Oh, here we go. Smart yeah. everything. So a normal denim jacket from Levi's will cost you about $125, and then a designer one is upwards of 400 right. This one costs 350 and the special thing about it is that on your sleeve, there are di- different buttons that you can click that'll sync with your phone. That way when you're... They're, they're targeting bike riders, I guess, but while you're riding, you can just click one and say something out loud. It has a mic on it. That way it can hear you, and then you can say whatever you need it to do. Huh. So you can control your phone. Just syncs through Bluetooth to your phone? Yeah, pretty much. So is this jacket machine washable? <laughs> That's or, a very good or question. Or is that a sin because it's real denim? Yeah, you probably wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but the two art- I read two articles on this. Um, both showing pictures of um, McFly and his jacket. Yep. So there was, but there was nothing about if it's okay to wash it or if it's going to short circuit or anything. Just about <laughs> they would probably tell you like, wash it. What are you? What are you? What are you doing? Iron. You're going <laughs> to iron this? Yeah. Well, it's pretty neat. The jacket looks cool. You should definitely look up pictures of it. But yeah, Levi's and Google. Google's teaming up with a lot of people. They recently teamed up with Walmart, and they're mm. teaming up with anybody they can because, because they know. Good old Amazon. <laughs> yeah, big and daddy. Amazon's coming up the foreground, so they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Not yet, not yet. Before you think you can do something, let me just make friends with everybody on the block and remind them who Grandpa is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember me? Yeah. Remember, remember that old money? Remember me? <laughs> 
Everybody, have you heard? The Gatorade Company will no Gatorade. longer. Gatorade. <laughs> Gatorade. Water sucks. Water. It really, really, really sucks. <laughs> That's actually what this is about. Yes. So, Gatorade will no longer be able to make disparaging comments about water, according to a settlement that was announced this Thursday by the California Attorney General. Who is on the behalf of water? Please tell me. <laughs> um, <laughs> who's claiming water tell in this no. fight? Big water, man. <laughs> I don't oh know. My goodness. Bottled water companies? I don't know. I mean, serious. Uh, Who's claiming water? So, the settlement stems from the company's... That's bullshit. <laughs> so, Gatorade made a free app game called Bolt, which came out in 2012. It's not on iTunes anymore, of Aww. course. Uh, but in the game, the fastest man alive, sprinter Usain Bolt, picks up gold coins as he races across the screen. He runs faster and gains fuel if he hits a Gatorade, but he slows down and loses fuel if he hits a water. Okay. It's yeah. their game. Well, of they course. Have that they... On, they actually have that on the new NBA games, too. For real? Yeah, if, you're on, if you play 2K on your PS4 or whatever, if your player is low of energy, then a Gatorade symbol appears on that player. Oh, yeah. They but it Gatorade doesn't give Prime. you negative if you get water, though, right? Well, it doesn't know what you're getting, but it knows that it, there's a Gatorade symbol for telling your player, hey, he's weak, get him on the bench so he can drink Which, up. Which, you know, I guess they didn't see any quarrel with that, the fact that he gets faster with Gatorade. The problem was he slows down if you drink water. Like of course he does. Like water's bad for... Usain. It is. <laughs> it is bad. So... Fruit punch or nothing. The opening instructions are keep your performance level high by avoiding water. It urges players to grab a Gatorade to fill your fuel meter. Good. The complaint alleges that Gatorade violated California's consumer protection laws by Holy making misleading <laughs> by making misleading statements about water, according <laughs> according to the state office. Uh, Holy making shit. Making misleading statements is a violation of California law, but making misleading misleading statements aimed at our children is beyond unlawful. Oh my god, yeah. It is a morally... God forbid we parent them. Well, because that's who was playing this game. Well, it's it was probably children. some mom and kid who got in an argument on the way home okay, after a soccer so, game. <clears throat> what about the game is factually inaccurate? The fact that... A bunch of sugar makes you go a lot faster than a bunch of water? What about it is inaccurate? <laughs> the fact that... Not everyone can be Bolt. I mean, I, I, and I want to know if I can take up the side of dirt. Like, <laughs> like, can I, can I defend dirt in a in a lawsuit against mulch? Like, I want to have dirt playgrounds again. This mulch is infringing on my business. I guess it was market research on it and stuff. They came to the conclusion that like kids basically got the thing in their brain that Gatorade was better for them all the time, period. Look, I get it, because, like, candy cigarettes was, like, one of the worst ideas in history. Of course it was. So I, I get it, targeting our kids is totally unlawful and outrageous. But for people to equate drinking Gatorade with anything that's, like, totally, like, egregious to our kids... Those people need to get a freaking clue. Well, because where they were going at it was that what they realized was... It's making us fat like Rudy Giuliani's New York, where yep. you can't buy anything bigger than its 10-ounce soda. Yep. Yeah, I mean, because it has nothing to do with Yeah, choice. like, it was something like... I, I didn't... God, I didn't, we we're so weak. I, I swear I to God. I didn't write down the percentage, but it was some crazy high percentage of kids drink Gatorade as a normal drink all the time, and yeah. not as an actual sports drink, which it's used for. Yeah, and so did I, and I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know, shit. Wade. You drink so much Mountain Dew. How do you stay skinny? Are you kidding me? <laughs> anyway, I'm getting. Uh, but here, you know, it cost them three hundred thousand dollars in fines, one hundred twenty thousand of it, which will be used to fund research or education about the importance of drinking water and proper nutri- nutrition for kids and teenagers. But they still have their game. No, game's gone. Game got shut down. That is literally crap. you don't have to replace water in your diet. You can still drink it. That's Later, one of the cool too. That's becoming one of the shitty things about our country. Is shit like that right yeah. there? The fact that we can't even protect ourselves to choose. Like we we don't even give ourselves the right to choose between water or a sugar drink. We're now just nope. You don't even get to choose. There's no no yeah. no choice because we're too dumb to choose. Two point three million people downloaded it. Bullshit. Everybody, have you heard? So Pluto isn't a planet, but it's still getting some attention. Did you guys hear about Pluto possibly getting a lander, meaning a device or a that's ro- awesome, a rover to land on it? What they're looking for? So the launch could be ready uh, in less than a decade, but who knows what they're looking for? Uh, not necessarily. Basically, everything that they've been looking for on every other planet. Life. You know, they can actually land on Pluto. That's the cool thing about that versus yeah. the Cassini mission. That it's going to take a long-ass time to get there. Yeah, oh, yeah. NASA, pre- <laughs> yeah, if launch is in 10 years, then we probably wouldn't even. We're going to be old men. Yeah, 20 years before it even gets there, 30 years probably. NASA presented a company called Global Aerospace Corporation a grant to send an entry craft to land on Pluto's surface. It It's crazy. What they're working on the most is the decelerator of it because it's going to have to fly so fast travel so fast to get out there mm. uh the decelerator they're gonna have to de- be able to decelerate from thirty thousand miles per hour to landing using very minimal fuel right so it's just gonna have to be basically propulsion and drag the large amounts of aerodynamic drag will allow the scientists to determine meaningful data regarding the elements in the atmosphere energy found in pluto's atmosphere um, to fully utilize it though the craft needs to be about as big as a football field Oh shit! To fully be able to slow it down, and are oh, you talking about maybe use... like a sail that they can out, they can extend outward? Correct, it has to be that big. It, it, the word they used was as vast as a football field, so it needs to cover about a hundred yards. It doesn't necessarily need to be a one hundred yard ship, mm-hmm. but it needs to in some way be able to create that much drag behind yeah, it. Like, like some pylons come extend out <laughs> with a sail on it. So something. it's it said that Pluto's atmosphere is about point one millionth of the earth's atmosphere yeah it basically doesn't exist correct correct (laughs) there is no atmosphere so it's going to land and then it's going to hop around so when it takes off it's going to be like another 100 200 miles before the thing lands again but it's going to be able to dig up stuff in the ground they're going to be looking for stuff in the core they're going to be trying to there's hypothetical water oceans on pluto Mm -hmm. um so that they're going to be looking for evidence of that they're going to be looking to see if anything in the subsurface has anything to do with its atmosphere a la like volcanic eruptions and things like that is there anything that's erupting from the core things like that so basically trying to come up with everything that they came up with for jupiter and for you know saturn with all the missions out there except they weren't able to land on those planets because they're gas giants Yep. So they're trying to come up with all this data. And then the cool thing is they're going to be talking about how it relates to the Kuiper Belt and then other things in and around the Kuiper Belt. So pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I thought it was neat. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought it would be cool if I brought something. I wish it happened sooner you. rather than later, though. One more. Everybody, have you heard? That it's no longer about police brutality. That it's gotten personal. About and what? About kneeling for the national anthem. Oh, snap. Here we go. Our president calling for NFL players who kneel during the anthem to be fired immediately. In my opinion, it's his next step. 
the next step in his plan to try to divide our country even further. Do either one of you even remember why Colin Kaepernick did this in the first place? Police brutality. Mm -hmm. Against people of color, Mm -hmm. I think were his exact words. Yeah, because the percentage of black people being shot versus white criminals is almost double. Is it what we're talking about? No. Mm -hmm. It's not the same purpose. Now, it's gotten to people joining in solidarity either for our president or against our president. It has absolutely nothing to do with police brutality. It has absolutely nothing to do with anything except for either you're with him or you're against him. Mm. He's now trying to succeed in dividing us as a country with one entity that has been a unifying force for my entire life. Sports teams are America. The diversity that's in each and every single locker room in this country is just spectacular. Hmm. The appreciation we gain of other cultures that we get from teammates is unlike any other relationship in life. And anyone that has been a part of a team Hmm. knows exactly what I'm saying. Mm Mm-hmm. So I say this, to our president, if he thinks that he's going to divide our country with sports, good luck. (laughs) Man. Good luck. That's my piece. Damn. Hitting heavy. I cannot believe where we are as a country and then this happens. The divisiveness of a couple of tweets is extraordinary. I hope that we all have it within us to be adults and to think about the things that were questioned this past weekend. Your rights do not matter. You will listen, or you won't. I mean, that's like everything right there. The uh, When the president got up there and said, you should just fire any, any of those sons of bitches that kneel during the anthem. And the whole, the whole point of all of that, regardless of what you stand for, is the fact that you have the ability to, to voice your opinion especially on a topic that has nothing to do with football. No football team, no organization, no owner, no anybody is affected by the fact that he has an opinion. For the fact that the president to call for them to fire people over something that does not even affect their job, regardless of what you stand for, it doesn't matter. That's the point of America is you're allowed to say what you want to say. If it affects your job or whatever and they want to fire you over it, so be it. This is America. There are repercussions to saying things. But in the instance we're talking about, it has nothing to do with that. You know, if the owners want to fire people, let them fire people. He's saying you should be fired for protesting. Exactly. You should be fired for exercising your constitutional right. Exactly. And that is where there's a problem. And he's trying to use the platform of sports to do it. Mm. The platform of all of this attention that the kneeling during the anthem has gotten. Because there is 
two sides to that fence and only two sides. Mm-hmm. Either you care that people, players kneel during it or you don't care. There's really no middle ground. Yeah. But to your point, yeah, like people weren't kneeling this time for police brutality. No. They were kneeling in defiance of someone who challenged Billionaire them. white men were not kneeling for police brutality. Hmm. Right. Billionaire white men that <laughs> contributed to his campaign hmm. were kneeling because, quite frankly, he's taking money out of their pockets. Right. He was telling people to quit watching NFL games. He was telling people, customers, to quit going to NFL games. Mm-hmm. Not only fire these people, quit watching these people. I I cannot believe the audacity of this man. He never ceases to amaze me. And uh, I, I don't even know where to go. <laughs> the issue is him making it a Trump thing. I don't think it was a Trump thing until he made it a Trump thing. Yeah. But I don't know why we have to be so picky about the way someone keeps their peace and is in their zone while they are singing in out loud or in their head the national anthem, whether that be with their hands behind their back and their head bowed or being on one knee or being completely level with the floor or whatever it may be. I don't I don't know why we draw so much attention to that we even the cameramen going around and <clears throat> videoing people before whether or not they have their hand on their on their heart or not. So it's amazing the things he can say um, about and especially about these moms too. That's a that's another thing to call them so to call these boys sobs or these men sobs um, and have no respect for them or the family that has taken the time to watch these boys go through practice and everything and work their work hard um, to get a job and be successful and support their own families. It's it's incredible. Him having no respect for women is of no surprise to me. It's so incredible. Him throwing the moms down is just the fact that the president would say in a speech or in a public statement, sons of bitches is just beyond me anyway. You know where he was given the speech though? Damn it. At a rally. In Alabama. Yeah. Hmm. I think that has something to do with it. Yeah. So, I mean, if it walks like a duck, y'all. If it talks like a duck. I just can't. I can't anymore. I can't anymore. We said no politics on this show, and I'm not going to push my beliefs on anybody. But I would love anybody that supported our president to tell me how you feel now. I don't even think that's politics, man. How is it? What 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 sort of a political stance is that, anyways? It's not it's because not about, that's it's not either you're still with him or you're against yeah, him. Yeah, that's not about taxes. That's not about spending. That's not about people's rights or anything. It's just me versus you. Yeah, is all that is. Mm. Tell me what political ramifications as far as like what laws are going to be passed based upon whether or not these people stand or kneel at their game. Explain that to me because it's not. Let's talk about the. I mean. The legalities behind the thing he's the things he said. Like first of all, it's co- the rules in their league are collectively bargained, so they can't just get fired for that. That's actually kind of something that they're allowed to do. So it's not even within the owner's power, mm. you know, without them being sued retroactively. Anyway, he's someone needs to take away his Twitter account before we start <laughs> World War Three. So I'm done. Sounds good.
Thank you, everybody, for listening to this HYH. It's been fun. It's been sobering. It's been everything. So we appreciate your listening more than I can tell. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on Google Play, and we will read it on the show. We promise. Uh, Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one. (laughs) 